That last song is exactly what we're going to hear about. Barb is headed back to Taiwan. You've been waiting for this for a long time. And so she finally gets to go. Now, I must say, how long is that plane ride? (laughs) So, once I get to San Francisco, it's 14 hours. Yeah. See, that right there would let me out. (laughs) I'm done. I'm I'm not doing that. Okay. The next thing is flying to that part of the world would scare me to death. So, Uh. you're a better man than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad you're able to make this trip. I'd like to pray with you, and then we'll hear what you have to say. Okay. Father, thank you for Barb. Thank you for her willingness to come share with us this morning. Just pray that what she has to say would speak to us, would teach us, show us how your kingdom is moving, expanding, and bringing in new people all the time. So just bless her words and bless our time together this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And afterwards we're going to pray for you. Okay, thank you. Wow, it's always good to be back and see all these friends. (laughs) People that are like family to me. Yeah, it's great to see you. I did get to share in January, so maybe some of you, some of the slides you might remember, but um, I'm just going to, in case you uh, don't remember, this is our village, and uh, this is the village of Shushan in Taiwan. In rural Taiwan, 0.05% of the people are believers. They don't know about Jesus even. So rural Taiwan is pretty much unreached, and uh, that's why we get to be, um, God put us in this village. See the mountains behind us? Now when I'm there, I'm going to be singing, go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's great, isn't it? Okay. All right, and you might remember, so this is my friend Susie and Frank. Frank is from South Africa. Susie is Taiwanese. She's been in Taiwan all her life as a teacher. And uh, they were in our English church, in recognized English church. Susie had worked for the National Education Board for Taiwan and saw how poor the education was in the rural areas and asked God to move her to a rural area to teach. So that's how she ended up in Shushan. You know, she commuted one year while Rick and I were there, and she asked Rick and I to come out to the village, and we walked through the village with her and did a prayer walk. And uh, do you know, I remember Rick, Susie took a picture of him sitting on the balcony and just looking out over the fields, lots of rice fields. And um, he was praying. And when we got in the car to go home, Rick said, I know we're supposed to do something here. I just thought of that the other day. I saw that picture and thought, wow, <laughs> we are doing something here. It's so great. So they wanted to decided after the first year they should move to the village. Susie saw kids just running the streets, getting in trouble, fighting. You know what kids do if they don't have anybody watching them. So she thought, I want a big house that we can invite the kids into. Most of them weren't getting any help with homework, weren't getting dinner, just running wild. So that's what she did. And um, so this house had sat empty for five years. Nobody went to live in this house because someone had committed suicide there. In this village, they really believe in the, their worldview includes the deceased spirits 
spirits of the deceased. That's their worldview. They interact with those spirits daily. So they believe that if you move in a house where somebody committed suicide, that that person's spirit is going to torment you. They're living there, and they're not going to want you in their house. So uh, all the empty houses sitting in the village, unfortunately, this village has a high rate of suicide. Um, So the owner wouldn't rent it to her, but she's very persistent. If you ever get to know my friend Susie, (laughs) she knows what she wants and she goes for it. She just kept pestering him until he said, okay, okay, but you know children aren't going to come there. Their parents won't let them. But you know what? John is a happy, happy place. John, she named the home after that's Rick's Chinese name. It means abundant grace, the home of abundant grace. So that's where I'm headed back. Now, since <clears throat> since Susie and Frank moved there, somebody came to them right away um, from a neighboring village, a pastor, and said, why did you move here? <laughs> Nobody moves to this town. Nobody moves to this village. This is known as the village of angry ghosts um, because there was a battle back in the 1800s when the Japanese took over Taiwan and they killed... There were so many Japanese that died in this village. Their bodies were not sent back to Japan. So this village believes that those spirits of the Japanese soldiers are there causing trouble every day. So Susie and Frank were told that they're probably the first Christians who have ever lived in the village. There's never been a church here. These people, she quickly found out, know nothing about Jesus. But how good our Lord is. We prayed after it was just the two of them and she was feeling overwhelmed. We prayed God send some missionaries. And so if you see the American couple, he's right at the front taking the picture. That's Lizzie and his wife, Cheryl. We prayed for American missionaries. And uh, my newsletter somehow got into their hands. They had been in Taiwan learning uh, Chinese. So they speak the language. Had done four years of language study. When I saw Lizzie... I just love how God works. So he has tattoos all over him. He's kind of a rough-looking guy. He spent his whole 20s in prison for doing drugs. He had a radical experience with the Lord. (laughs) When I was meeting him on the Zoom call, I thought, if I was his mom, I'd think, God can really use you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) How great is this? So the first time he walks into the village, guess what? That village is run by gangs. And the only people who have tattoos are gang members. The parents of these children are gang members. (laughs) And they walk right up to him like, what are you doing here? And they want to talk to him, and he can talk their language, and how great is God? Like, God is really using him there. So the other two couples that you see in the picture are young pastors in neighboring villages. One village is 15 minutes away, and one is 20 minutes the other direction. Both of those churches have about 10 people in attendance. They just started those churches, so and there's not a church in our village yet. But this group gets together and prays for that area. So since I've seen you, I think that you would enjoy this. It's really cool. Cheryl, that I just showed you in that picture, uh, Lizzie and Cheryl do like a Sunday school they kind of like on Thursdays for the kids after school to teach them the Bible. They have a memorizing scripture, teach them um, yeah, Bible stories and stuff like that. Well, she had them. She taught them to make these quilts. So after every Bible story, she had them draw 
a picture that represents the Bible story, help them cut it out in fabric, and taught them to use a sewing machine. And so each of these quilt blocks are from a Bible story, and these kids made their own blanket. You don't understand how big that is. I mean, these are kids who at home have, yeah, don't even have their own room, don't have their own bed, don't have their own things, and now they have their own quilt of Bible stories. Isn't that beautiful? You know, we also now have volunteers after school. They come from the church that Rick and I were at. These kids are learning ukulele, guitar, violin. There's a worship team that comes and teaches them to sing and do little cute dances with the songs, teaches them worship songs. And so these kids, and then there's a painter. Maybe you remember last time I showed you a lot of the painting of the children. Um, So these children in the rural area that had nothing to do but roam the streets and fight now are really being blessed by the Lord. To John home. Maybe I pushed the wrong one. Okay. Next, I want to show you this. Um, is something God is doing. Something only God can do. See this cross? It's on the wall in John Home. It faces a window, and that window faces the land across the street. This is where the children play, where we have goats and rabbits that keep multiplying, and, and chickens and hedgehogs and dogs and all kinds of things for the kids to play with. So that's on jaw and land. Somehow, and I don't know if you can see it very well in this picture, but in the blue circle, if you can see that, the cross on the wall reflects above and land. And I know it's kind of hard to see in this picture, in that blue circle, but so Cindy, or my friend Susie last week put some tint over the window. Now do you see it? Anybody scientific enough to explain that to me? Isn't God cool? So people in the village, they don't even know what a cross is. So they're riding their scooters and their little scooters and they look up and they see the cross and they're slamming on the brakes and they're taking pictures and they're knocking on Susie's door saying, what? What is that? I even know the word for what? Shema. Shema. What is that? Um, So, yeah, they don't even know what a cross is. Um, A few adults were at John House one evening after the children had left, and Susie asked him if they wanted to watch a movie. And she showed him the Jesus film. And when it was over, she said it was really quiet. They weren't saying a word. Finally, she said to them, now what do you think of this? And she, they, one man stood up and said, that's not a God. Do you understand? To them, there's no way a God would allow himself to be treated like that and put on a cross. See, all these people worship at the Taoist temple. Their gods are ugly and scary looking. And um, a god of love, a god that would let himself be tortured by humans, that's not a god. They can't believe. So that's the hurdle we have to overcome. But... Um, Let me show you. So these people actually see 
these deceased spirits. If you look at the children's pictures, often when they draw the clouds, they have faces. See the, see the clouds? <laughs> Those are where they see the spirits. In the clouds. Isn't it cool that that's where God put his cross? <laughs> so when they look up and they see the spirits, God's got that cross there. And it's not there all the time. It's random. Probably has something to do with the atmosphere. But instead of, yeah. I love it that he put the cross there where they see their spirits. As if he's saying, come on, I love you. I am Lord, no matter what. So I love that. And that cross, see this one painting that this young boy, Jaweh, did? That cross reflection just shows up in unusual places, unexpected. That's just a reflection of the cross on his painting. Isn't that beautiful? So I love that God is doing that. God is doing other things that really are things only God can do. And this first picture is a mom with her son. This is a mom that was rarely home. Her kids didn't really know her, a girl and a boy. And um, she started having some health problems and came back home. Uh, Grandpa was raising the children, and um, she came to John home because her kids were there every day and just watched for a while. And she asked if she could have a job because she really needed a job. She works at a gas station, so she needed another part-time job. So we gave her a job helping cook and clean for the children because we have 30 to 40 kids there. It's a lot to keep up with. So now this mom, she's really open to Susie. Her heart has really become soft. She asks for prayer. She says, I never knew what a family was. Now she's getting to experience family at John home. Well, now... We found out that quite a few of the parents never finish school. So that's why they can't help their children with, with their homework. So this mom and another mom have decided we're going to get our high school equivalent. We're going to take that test. And so they're studying at John Home. And here's this little boy, David, teaching his mom English. <laughs> Isn't that great? David's our prayer. You know, he likes to pray. He's the one I told you this story that he got in trouble one day. Ten-year-old little boy got in trouble at school. Can you imagine that? (laughs) So then he comes to John home, and he's really in a bad mood. And Susie sits him down and has a good talk with him. And uh, he wants to pray for dinner that night. And when he's praying, he asks God to forgive him for his bad attitude. And then before he quits praying, he says, God, you know, it's so hot out. It would sure be nice if we could have a watermelon. (laughs) And guess what? Before the dinner was over, there's a knock at the door. And when Susie opens the door, there's a farmer standing there with armload of watermelon. (laughs) Only God can do that. And I love how he is answering the children's prayers in very real ways. The next little girl is Yvonne. I can't wait to meet Yvonne. She's 11. She's at John home most of the time because her mom's boyfriend that she lives with, um, Yvonne is not his child. And so he doesn't want her around. 
So mom and the boyfriend have three smaller children. So Yvonne just goes home to sleep. Um, One night when Yvonne was home, grandma lives with them too. And grandma was sick. She had a fever and a cough. And Yvonne got down on her knees, 11 years old, put her hand on grandma and prayed for grandma. And grandma instantly felt better. Grandma opened her eyes and said, you're coming with me. She grabs Yvonne's hand and she says, we're going to Susie's. It's after 10 o'clock at night. She's knocking on Susie's door. When Susie opens the door, Grandma says, who is this God that you are teaching the children to pray to? Isn't that beautiful? Yvonne is a little evangelist in her home. Our first mom that has invited Jesus into her life and given her life to Christ, she was baptized three weeks ago. Our first mom is Yvonne's mom. Isn't that beautiful? And guess what? The boyfriend. He's the leader of the biggest gang in the village. And guess what? He likes Lizzie, the guy with the tattoos. And he's going to Bible study at their house. Yay! So, (laughs) I can hardly wait till he comes to the Lord. Can you think about that? Yeah. So, this village, God is... God is using the children to show the village how great he is. And um, I, just, I just really love that. <laughs> so here's the picture of the baptism with Yvonne's mom. I love that. Well, I could stand here and tell stories for hours, but, you know, lunch is coming, right? <laughs> I know. Well, so I get to leave Tuesday. Finally, the borders are open and there's no quarantine, which is nice, which a month ago I would have had a quarantine for a week. So um, while I'm there, I get to um, actually bring the message in three English churches, two English churches, three times, one church twice. In Tainan, where we were, where Rick and I were, I'll be preaching twice and in Hualien once. Then, I love this, the church where we were at? They put together a concert, and on November 20th, if you can remember November 20th, the church is coming to the village to do a concert on John Land, and I get to tell them about Jesus. <laughs> We're inviting the whole village. This church has been going to the village and just walking the streets, different people, asking them how they can help, like getting in the fields and helping people with their Field work, helping elderly people fix things at their home. The church comes out and does that. And then just always says, all we want is to be able to pray for you. And they tell them about Jesus. So now they're inviting them to a concert on November 20th. They want me to explain to the village people who Jesus is on John land. Wouldn't it be great if the cross would show up that day? (laughs) I wonder what God has. So, and we're praying for salvation. So many seeds have been planted by the children, things they've said. Um, So I get to do that. And then the next week, the church is bringing a drama as well. So I'm really thankful that the church where Rick and I were is now really getting engaged. It's about 45 minutes away from this village. 
Today I did bring these and I put one on the table under the bulletin board here, a pile and some over here on this table. This is just a list of how you can pray for me while I'm gone. It has the dates that I know I'll need extra strength and help in prayer. And I know when you pray, it makes a difference. And uh, so thank you for working with me, for partnering with me. I really appreciate all of your your prayers and your financial support have helped a lot. And someday we're going to plant a church in this village. Yes, to the glory of God, we're raising the generation that's going to turn this village to Jesus. That's what I believe. Thank you.